Uh, I want to tell a funny story to you. How many of you thought today that there might be a wedding happening today? Anybody? Did anybody think of that? No? We read 1 Corinthians 13, the love passage. Nobody thought of a wedding? Oh, come on. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for bailing me out. I love you. Thank you. All right. I have a funny story to tell you. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that uh, a little bit later uh, as well. Um, in uh, about 18 years ago, exactly 18 years ago this month, um, I was in front of a pastor uh, along with my bride-to-be, Kristen, and we were discussing and picking scriptures for our wedding. Uh, and in um, 1 Corinthians 13 came up, and I gave a really beautiful, profound theological explanation as to why 1 Corinthians 13 should not be read at a wedding. Um, and uh, it, was, it was received really well. Um, everybody agreed. Um, and then for our wedding, guess what we read? 1 Corinthians 13. So, yeah. So, I'm going to, again, so this is my opportunity to redeem myself uh, from that. And I'm going to share a little bit about what 1 Corinthians 13 is all about uh, to you as well. It's beautiful to be read at weddings and in our day-to-day -day worship uh, as well. <clears throat> so, for the past several weeks, uh, we've been discussing spiritual gifts uh, as to how uh, God has given gifts to each one of us, uh, how each one is gifted uh, and each one is called to serve. Uh, that has been uh, something we've been saying over and over again. Uh, Pastor Joanne, do you have the handouts or somebody in the back has some handouts to be given out? I think my son was in charge and he decided to go to Sunday school, so... He totally bailed on us. So anyway, um, so for the past several weeks, we've been kind of having this conversation about different gifts that God uh, has given us and how we are called uh, to use those gifts. Um, this is my hope uh, as we uh, come to the end. Today is like the final time we're going to be talking about gifts. Uh, as we come to this end, uh, this is my hope um, for you, that you were able to say, I think I have the gift that the pastor was talking about, um, that you've heard this before, that you've, you've been able to say, you know what he's talking about? I think I might have that. It is my hope that you would have a sense as to what gifts God has given uh, each one of you. If you've never taken a spiritual gift survey, uh, you can take a, a with your phone, you can do a QR code uh, on the front page that is there, uh, and you can find your gift, uh, spiritual gifts uh, as well. And again, here uh, is my hope uh, that no matter who you are, uh, whether you think too highly of yourself and you feel like you are an accomplished person or you, or you feel like, you know what, I'm worth nothing. Um, no matter who you are or where you fall in that range, that you would hold this truth that the Spirit of God has given you, each one of you, gifts. And we are called to serve our church and our community using those gifts. That is my prayer and hope as we come to the end uh, of our conversation about spiritual gifts. Uh, today, we're going to be uh, talking about the gifts of organization. I'm going to expand a little bit about that. I just want to quickly recap what we've discussed uh, so far. Uh, we talked about the nurturing gifts. That's on the first page of the handout that was uh, given to you. Uh, the nurturing gifts, these are given so that the Christian faith community can move forward. These are needed for Christian discipleship. We think about our Sunday school teachers, those who poured life into our 
uh, our souls and taught us what it means to walk in a way that is worthy of God's calling in our lives. These are the ones that poured their life into us and they cared for us. Uh, these gifts um, are wisdom, shepherding, exhortation, and faith. Those were some of the gifts that were highlighted uh, through that, the set of nurturing gifts that are needed for Christian discipleship. The second set of gifts uh, are the gifts of outreach. Um, these are the gifts that are given to us so that to those who care for the poor and those on the margins, uh, the ones that have this deep compassion to do something for those who are hungry in our community, to those who are going through a difficult time. And our community could be defined as somebody who's living two doors down to 10 miles away or in another country as well. We just want to do something to care for those who are struggling with poverty. And these gifts, uh, the ones who have this set of gifts, have the gifts of compassion, gifts of healing, gifts of servanthood. And with these gifts, uh, we care for those who are in need in tangible ways. Last week, we talked about the challenge of the gift of witnessing, where the gift of witnessing is uh, about sharing our faith. Uh, none of us can take, say, it is somebody else's job to share the faith. But the challenge was that we went to the scriptures uh, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20, where God, where Jesus himself gave us the great commission, where he, these were his words. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. Surely I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Here Jesus is challenging each one of us to share about our faith, whether it be our friends, our family, our co-workers. And at the same time, we realize that there could be certain individuals who are truly gifted with the gift of witness. Uh, and these gifts are gifts of evangelism and prophecy and knowledge. Um, in these gifts, um, they're able to share about their faith to friends and strangers alike. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the gift of organization or organizing gifts. These gifts are given to this faith community so that the church can function. We need people with these gifts are essential to the life of the church. They do all the things in order to maintain this house of worship. They're there to care for it. They're there to prepare this place before we all walk in here this morning. This morning, there is a Sunday school that was happening for all ages, kids, youth, adults. And somebody with these gifts was able to get everything organized so that kids and teachers can come and go to their classrooms and learn about their faith. The church could not exist without these individuals working behind the scenes. These are the individuals who, this, um, <clears throat> this week somebody came to me and said, hey, I feel like the temperatures are dropping down uh, and we need to turn on the heat in the sanctuary. And uh, it was beautiful at the nine o'clock service. Now it's a little hot, so you can complain to this person, right? But somebody was looking out, somebody was thinking ahead 
as to what needed to be done, right? This morning when you walked into worship, you were greeted, um, and a, a bulletin was given to you, right? Like, and you have that bulletin, the scriptures, and what is happening in the life of the church, all that was there. But there was somebody else who actually spent a lot of time looking at a copier contract so that the church could get the best deal so that we can print our bulletin. Somebody literally read through that contract, found the right vendor in order for us to do it. These are the gifts of organization, that they are, these individuals are running the church behind the scenes. So, the, so some of the gifts that might fall into this category are the gifts of administration, gift of giving and leadership. The gift of administration is the ability to look at the details. This person is able to slow things down and ask the difficult question. Sounds something like this. Okay, we're doing this, but what about this, this, and this, and this, and this? They love to make a list of things, and they create a list of things, and then they follow through on that. They're really good. For those who have the gift of administration, they're really good about delegating as well. They're able to bring other people in, have conversations, and say, hey, I'm doing this. Could you do X, Y, and Z so that we can all move forward in the same direction? And these individuals are gifted um, in working behind the scenes. They do it because they love Mount Hope Church, and they do it so that Mount Hope Church can prosper. Even earlier when I was talking about these individuals who read the copier, who turned the heat on, uh, and who help in so many different ways. Today, our youth group is going to Dorney Park, um, and there were people who worked behind the scenes in order for them to get on a bus in, uh, in our church van and go to Dorney Park. When I'm mentioning all these individuals, I intentionally did not mention their names because they don't want to be recognized. They told me that too. They do it because they love this church. They love working behind the scenes to make sure the church is running smoothly. Friends, if this is you, if this is you on the back of that form, uh, there are different areas that you can serve. And if you are not sure what some of those areas are uh, in the, under gifts of organization, uh, please fill that out and give me a call or send me an email. And I'd be happy to talk to you about that as well if you have the gift of administration. And next is the gift of giving. These individuals uh, have an understanding of money. They have an understanding of money that comes from God alone. They see money as something that God has given them, and they want to do everything in their power to have an impact in the life of this church and the ministries of our church. They go beyond what we normally give on a Sunday morning. They go beyond that. Every Sunday, we are invited to give to God as a token of our gratitude for all that God has given us. But these individuals go beyond that. They go beyond that. They see themselves as people who spur generosity on. I want to mention to you um, my dear friend and mentor. His name is Kent Crayler. He's a retired pastor. Uh, as he was retiring, I was starting my ministry, and I went to him. Um, and said, hey, would it be possible for you to spend some time with me, to mentor me? 
coached me through this new season of ministry that I'm in. And he was, he was wonderful in caring for me. And I'm sure I've shared this story with you before. I want to share it again with you. Um, Ken is the one that challenged me with my giving. Um, I was sharing with him how I had graduate student loans and we had gone through uh, two adoptions. He's an adopted dad as well. And we, had, we took some loans around it um, and going through all these different things. And Ken, um, as I was talking about personal finances and different things, he looked me in, straight in the eye and said, how close are you to giving 10% to God? And I was like, did I just tell you all these expenses? <laughs> right? He believes in generosity. And this is what, how he identifies himself on social media. This is what he tells, this, this, this is his status. <laughs> he says that he is at the fourth quarter of his life. And he believes that he is called to spur generosity in others. To build God's kingdom on the earth. That's how he identifies himself. He sees himself as one who spurs generosity in others so that we can build God's kingdom. If that is you, if that is you, be part of the organization of this church. Finally, <clears throat> the gift of leadership. This is the ability where individuals are able to say these profound words, whether I'm sitting in a committee meeting with them, in a team meeting, or whether I am one-on-one -on -one conversations, and we're talking about Mount Hope Church, they use these words. Have you considered X? Have you considered X? Have you thought about this? They're able to see what we can do in terms of our church. Just imagine this service. This contemporary service, somebody said those words. Have you considered having a praise band and adding another service? And this service was born out of those conversations about 20 years ago. And same with different ministries of the church, the Bread of Life ministries. Have you considered how we as a church can care for those who are hungry in our community? And even as we, at that ministry started, someone else said, have you considered, you know, we're giving them food, but what about clothing? Could we do that? Have you considered doing these? These individuals see the world from a balcony view. They see the world from a balcony view and seeing all these different pieces that are working in the life of the church and are able to say, maybe God is calling us to go in this direction. And they see this big picture. They see this big picture. And even as they see that big picture and they share that, there are those who are willing to follow in those steps. So that is what organizational skills are about. Friends, maybe God has placed those gifts in you and maybe Mount Hope might be a wonderful place for you to serve God. This morning I want to share uh, this video of Alicia Potter who, who tells her story as to how she found the gift of organization. Good morning. I'm sorry I can't be in person with you this morning, but Pastor Johnson has asked me to share a little bit of my story, and I'm hopeful that maybe it resonates with some of you today. 
My name is Alicia Potter. My family has been attending Mount Hope for about three years now. Prior to joining Mount Hope, we attended a Methodist church, um, the one I grew up in, where we were married, and we baptized our daughters, Adelaide and Charlotte. Back in 2013, Chad and I started premarital counseling with our pastor, and I knew I was preparing to commit myself to my soon-to-be husband, but at that time, I didn't realize that through these conversations with our pastor, I was also going to commit myself to the finance committee. Uh, I just had graduated college, passed my CPA exam, and was a very green public accountant. I had a little bit of nonprofit experience, but I knew nothing about church finances. I was also pretty aware I would be the youngest person on the committee by about 40 years, <laughs> but I said yes. Over the next five years, I learned a lot about the operations of our church, leaned into its missions in a new way, uh, understood the strengths and struggles, and witnessed God's hand in all of it. Somewhere along the way, I said yes to serving as chair of the finance committee, and so I joined the church council as well. I continued to learn, experience meaningful involvement in decision-making, um, formed deeper relationships, and felt truly fulfilled by the work we were doing. Then on June 3rd, 2018, our daughters surprised us a month early. I made the difficult but very necessary decision to step down from finance committee and church council. Um, by the time we were celebrating their first birthday, our daughter Charlotte had underwent a complicated lobectomy. Chad had switched jobs from one night shift position to another. We were under contract to sell our townhouse and buy the, our current home. I was commuting into Philly four days a week and we were about to find out we were expecting our son. So it was a busy year. We were also about to make the very difficult decision that our church home was no longer where we felt called to raise our young family. Um, after much prayerful consideration, we started attending Mount Hope and we had faith that our kids would benefit from a more youthful, vibrant church family. But I'll say change is hard. Um, I barely remember the fall of 2019 and soon we were ringing in 2020 with no idea what that year would bring. On um, February 5th, we welcomed our son Theodore. We had transferred our church memberships and we were setting a date with Pastor Johnson for Teddy's baptism. I was definitely anxious for our family of five to settle into our new church and then COVID hit. Fast forward to spring of 2022 and um, we finally found ourselves back in-person worship. As life renormalized, it became more apparent that I was missing out on a deeper connection. Um, then last fall, in sort of a divine intervention, Kristen asked me to consider joining the Belonging Project Bible study. And despite not knowing any of the ladies in the group or how many dates I could actually attend, I said yes. I found myself remembering how amazing it feels to have genuine conversations and deeper relationships and people who want to pray with and for you. Um, and now, this fall, Pastor Johnson has asked me to join Finance Committee at Mount Hope. I know my life looks a lot different now than it did 10 years ago, and I felt more hesitant to say yes because of my other responsibilities in this season of life, but I also know the feeling and impact of using my spiritual gifts. I know we are all called to use our gifts. I know the church needs us to say yes to serving, and I also want my children to see me lead by example in serving. If you aren't sure what your gifts are, sometimes you just need to say yes. Say yes to a small group, a fundraiser, a committee, anything to get involved. Sometimes we need to find ourselves a part of something bigger to realize how and where we fit into the puzzle of things, into this body of Christ. 
ultimately you will find where your gifts belong and those opportunities to serve will bless you in so many ways. I'm asking you to pray for me as I start this new chapter and thank you for letting me share this part of my journey with you. I hope you will consider serving as well and letting yourself say yes. Good Consider saying yes. Consider saying yes to one of the ministries where you might be gifted in. <clears throat> for the past uh, several uh, weeks, I've followed a certain um, format in terms of my sermon. Uh, I kind of gave a theological backing as to why we are called to serve, uh, why each one is gifted, each one is served. You've heard me say that over and over again. Then I would talk about one set of gifting, like I did today, about the gifts of organization. Here are some of the gifts, and here's how they get to be used. And then I shared uh, this story um, from a Bible, saying this is how this particular gift was lived out. But this morning, I want to do something different. This morning, I want to do something different um, for us. I want to share with you what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 12 is where most of our readings have come from uh, for the past several weeks, where we identified what those gifts are. After talking about what gifts God has given us, here's what Paul has to say to us. Reading 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I possess all, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardships so that I may boast, but do not love, I gain nothing. Here Paul is talking about the different giftings that each one has been given us. The gift of tongues kind of falls under that gift of witnessing. In Acts chapter 2, when people started to speak in tongues, there were people from all over the known world in Jerusalem there and they spoke different languages and they could hear the story in their own tongue in their own language the disciples were witnessing and sharing about the love of christ through speaking in different tongues and here paul is saying but if you don't have love it means nothing if i have the gift of prophecy it means to Look at God's word. We talked about that last week. Prophecy is not about fortune telling, but rather looking at the scripture from God's perspective and sharing it. Those are the gifts of nurturing. But we teach others about what the scriptures tell us about our God and how we are called to live. And Paul says, if I have the gift of prophecy and share all the mysteries... <laughs> And I have all the knowledge. And if I have, love, have no love, then I am nothing. The gift of generosity. If I give all that I possess to the poor, the gift of generosity, just being generous with everything that God has given us. But if you do not have love, I gain nothing. Friends, here is the how that Paul is telling us. Here is the how 
as to how we need to use our gifts. We are called to use our gifts grounded in love for one another. Grounded in love. And this is how it looks like for us to be grounded in love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Love never fails. Friends, we are called to use our gifts grounded in love. This morning, I want to invite us uh, to this table that is a reminder for each one of us that we need to be grounded in love, that love from God is what this table is all about. I want to invite the band to come forward uh, as we go into the communion liturgy.